Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with River Brown, Andrew Blaise, and Joe Dells. And this is now episode 207. In this episode, we are going to react to the Donovan Mitchell trade, what this means for the Cavaliers' future, the Jazz's rebuild, and the Knicks. We also have a very important and great announcement to make. We have partnered with Boom Fantasy for the foreseeable future and for the NFL season, our first big time sponsor, Boom Fantasy. Oh, man. And Joe, Let's go. we have some transparency here, here because you do. work for Boom Fantasy. I do work for yeah. Boom Fantasy. Yeah, I've been there for about a year and a half now. We had a fantasy app before COVID, um, but COVID kind of screwed things up there. But now we're back 2022, launching our first like consumer facing app in a few years really excited i've been on this project since like march so i've been working on it for a while we have some really talented people working at boom and right now you could go in three different game modes toss-ups long shots and favorites just as they sound toss-ups is like that 50 50 game favorites is should be in your favor and long shots are is this guy gonna hit a home run or is he gonna get two touchdowns um something that might be not as likely but you have some bigger payouts there um but yeah partnering with boom very excited and i can't talk about too much what we have in the future um, or it's coming to the app, but it's going to be some stuff that we've really never seen in a fantasy app before. So um, if you go in our bio in the description down below, use our link to sign up and deposit. You get a deposit match on your first deposit up to $100. And not only that, but we're starting to give out our Patreon exclusive episodes to people who go and join the chalkboard. The chalkboard is yes, in the sir. link in our description. And it's a free group chat with us. You can, If you add us, we will most likely respond we are on our phones and we respond to you guys. Discord, you can also join the Discord if you join the Patreon. But Chalkboard is that application that you can join for free, unlike the Patreon and Discord, and still get those exclusive episodes. And just so you know, for the exclusive episodes, we answer questions from the Patreon. And if you guys are a certain tier of the Patreon, you might potentially get a spot on the show for our exclusive episode too. So just some, something to keep in mind. Now... Donovan Mitchell got traded. Let's break the ice, right? And the fans were telling us we should have did an emergency pod yesterday. They wanted to know how we were feeling. And Riv, the fans have been <laughs> really gassing you up in terms of, well, I can't wait until Riv gets on the show because the way he's going to respond to Joel. So I'm, I'm curious. You've had time to prepare. You've had time to say what you want to say. So I'll let you go first. Well, I always go first. So, um, you know, Joel, I let, let, yesterday it was all fun and games, you know. Donovan gets traded. We all get the news. I'm adding you immediately. L, L, Knicks are L. That was insane. It, it, was, it was nuts. Yeah, it was, it was really, you know, comedy relief, of course. Then more details started to surface. You know, we started to see the trade that was sent in July, yep. which was fucking nuts. It was. it was. That was a better deal than the Cavs deal. Um, and, you know, more reports, reports started coming out. So I just, I took a day to thought, to think about uh -huh, shit. Uh -huh. And um, I don't blame the Knicks. You know, the Knicks don't, they don't, I don't blame them for declining that deal. The the, the, the latest one. I don't, I don't uh, blame them. Ainge was just being stubborn. He's being asked to the Knicks. He ended up taking the Cleveland deal, which was lesser than the Knicks deal. So the Knicks didn't take an L. I don't think they took an L because they essentially would have gave up way more than Cleveland. Cleveland gave up two players that didn't play last, well, 
Sexton, he really didn't play last year. Sexton's still good at basketball. No, but I'm saying they gave him two players that didn't have anything to do with the success that they had last year. Or the future. They didn't. Sexton wasn't the future of their team. Lori's expendable. And they gave up picks. You have to do it to make a... To make those type of moves, especially for a small market team or a team that's not going to get a lot of players in free agency. The Knicks don't get an L, but you. (laughs) 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 You get an L. And I'm going to tell you why you get an L. You've been going crazy this summer. Oh, we get Donovan. We're better than the Bulls. We're better than the Raptors. You didn't get Donovan. Last year, you didn't get Katie and Kyrie. You didn't get Zion. You have just been running around screaming we're going to get people, and you just don't get them. So now that, you know, the dust has settled, you know, I think we've all, we're all smart at this table. We all have a podcast. We have to do our jobs. I understand that. <laughs> so now that the dust has settled, I ask you a question. Really simple question. I don't want to. What's the next step for the Knicks? You know, uh, you don't get Donovan. You've been screaming that you'll get Donovan. He makes you a playoff lock. You now pay $340 million to mid. Mid, 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 and freaking mid. Jalen Brunson, RJ Barrett, who has a lot of potential. He's good right now. And Julius Randle. You paid Mitch, too. What's, what's the next step? Because now Donovan goes to Cleveland. That's another team that's better than the Knicks, which means I counted in my brain because I'm looking at my conference – 10 to 11 teams better than the Knicks, which makes you a lottery team. And you might not, you know what's crazy? You might not get a top five pick because there's teams in the West that might be worse than you. And then there's a few teams in the East that's worse than you. So you'd be stuck in that 8 to 12 range. What's, and you still have Tibbs as a coach. You have Jalen Brunson. You have Julius Randle pretty much locked at the one and four for right now. That can change. RJ Barrett is locked at the three spot. You picked up Quinn Grimes, who Tibbs is. I guess the team is – I don't know what they're going to do with him. He can sit. He can start. Quickly's also there. What is he, they're going to do with him? Who's going to start the two spot? And then you get another pick. That can change things. So I ask you, what's the next step for the Knicks? How do you get out of mediocrity? You're not even mediocrity. I suck. But how do you get out Oof. of that to get to the playoffs? Before I answer your question, the topic at hand is we're the Knicks losers of this Donovan Mitchell trade. You yourself said no. Somebody who's been hypercritical of the Knicks. You laugh at the Knicks' demise, so did the entire internet. Now, yesterday I recorded my live reaction to the trade. And that was my reaction. You can go check it out, the Jewel Moran YouTube channel. That was my reaction, emotional. And even in those moments of grand emotion, I still understood and had some type of perspective. Today is my response. <laughs> Did I lose? Absolutely not. Wow. In fact, there are other losers that I want to point out while I talk about the Knicks. But first of all, you're right. Back in July, the offer was Obi Toppin, RJ Barrett. Um, it was Mitchell Robinson and three first-round picks, and the Jazz declined That's crazy. that offer. That's now, I'm not even sure if I believe that report, but if that was the offer... I'm glad the Jazz declined. But our final offer was Emmanuel Quickly, R.J. Barrett, and two first-round picks. Now, if Danny Ainge wants to be stubborn and take that Cleveland deal because he despises the Knicks, then I'm all for it. My excitement this entire offseason was pairing up Mitchell with R.J. Barrett. It was not giving up R.J. Barrett. I said multiple times on this table, let's give up five of our young players as long as it's not R.J. Barrett. So I'm fine with Mitchell going to Cleveland. And I looked at 
the big time trades in the past decade. 2011 Carmelo trade. Denver won that trade. The Knicks lost. When you look at long term, Denver got Jamal Murray from that trade. 2011 Darren Williams to the Nets. Utah traded Darren. Utah won that trade. 2011 Chris Paul trade. The Clippers won. 2012 Dwight Howard trade. Orlando surprisingly won. They got Nikola Vucevic from that trade and made the playoffs first before the Lakers. How did the Utah Jazz win the the Darren Williams trade? They were able to successfully build around Gordon Hayward and make multiple playoff appearances. Interesting. They got Derek Favors from that trade. Okay. That Darren Williams-Carlos Boozer team was pretty solid, though. But Oh, but on Nets. Darren Williams did nothing. No, you're right. You're right. I don't disagree. 2013, KG and Pierce. Yeah. So, Brooklyn, we know Boston won. Easily. 2014, Kevin Love to Cleveland. Cleveland won. They won a championship. 2017, Kyrie trade to Boston. I would say Cleveland won. I think both lost. They got Colin Sexton from that deal, which okay. ultimately led to getting Donovan and Mitchell. Yeah. Right. yeah, Like seven years later. 2018, won. Kawhi trade. Toronto won. They won a championship. 2019, AD trade. The Lakers won. They won a championship. But the Pelicans, they young core, they're, they're, you know, creeping in. Win, win. Very, very even trade. Yeah, win, win for 2019 win. Paul George trade um, to the Clippers. I would say that's still TBD. a wait and see. TBD. If the Clippers don't win the championship, L. they would lose that trade. And then a 2021 James Harden trade, he goes to Brooklyn. I would say Houston has won that trade since James Harden is not, not on, on Brooklyn team. anymore. Yeah. Teams that have traded their stars have won the trade 50% of the time or more. The only times teams have won the trade are when it's resulted in a championship. Did I ever say Donovan Mitchell made the Knicks a championship team? I said a, pl- I said a playoff lock. Championship team, no. Which means if we would have made this trade, looking in hindsight, statistically, we probably would have lost. Now, who are the real losers? Well, that's easy. The Miami Heat, the Chicago Bulls, and the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks are the real loser of the Donovan Mitchell trade because they traded three first-round picks for DeJounte Murray, and the Hawks are nothing more than a playing team. The Chicago Bulls traded for Vucevic, who's on an expiring deal, traded Wendell Carter and Franz Wagner. You signed DeMar DeRozan, who's an aging star. Your point guard you signed for $80 million won't even start the season. He's always injured. You can't, you can't count on him to be durable and to play. <clears throat> the Chicago Bulls have aging stars. Their best player, one of their best players on an expiring contract. The point guards can't stay healthy. They aren't a real threat in the East. But they went all in last offseason to be one. And then the Miami Heat. You've seen every team around you get better while you got worse. That's crazy that you say that because... Those are the real losers. Because the Cavs now are a team that has the potential to make some real noise in the East. The Bulls are not. The Hawks are not. The Heat, wait and see. I can't count out Eric Spolstra. But I'm leaning towards, when looking at the talent on the team, they are not. What do I know the Knicks are? We're going to be bad. In 2020, I wanted us to be bad to get a Kate Cunningham, to get a Scotty, to get an Evan Mobley, Jalen Green. We got the fourth seed. This year is our legit chance to get a top pick in a loaded draft class. Now, I'm ecstatic because I know the direction the Knicks are going in. We're not going to be in that play and hunt and get a meaningless 
eighth seed in the East or tenth, ninth seed in the East. Will be worse. Hmm. And I'm fine with that. But the Bulls, Hawks, Heat are the real losers in all of this. Let me ask you about the Raptors. The Raptors have Scotty. They have a future. I agree. I'm glad you said that because I wholeheartedly agree. Do you think the Bulls have anybody that has that type of upside or future? Scotty upside? No. What do you guys have? Well, that's why you didn't include them. No, but you threw out a lot of losers, which you didn't lose the trade, but you, you mentioned it. The Cavs got better. Their core is very young. They're going to yep, be together for a while. Awesome. Miami didn't get better, but they're still better than y'all. The Bulls probably didn't get much better. Them? But no, no, because this this man ran up. He ran. You even I think you said one time we get Jalen Brunson, we'll fight for the plan. So, we will. We'll, we'll be. But you just. But you, but you just said you're happy to be trash. So which one is it? You'll fight for the plan. No, or you'll we'll be trash? fight for the plan. Eleven C. Eleven C is still out the plan. Eight. We'll fight for it. So if you could go back in time to before free agency. Would you still sign Jalen Brunson, give him 100 mil? 100%. Or just commit to the tank? Jalen Brunson is on a four-year contract. Mm-hmm. I think he fits a timeline of what our team wants to do. He'll make us competitive, and we need a point guard. But we haven't had a, a point guard, a good but point if guard you really, in 20 years. you really years. want to commit to the tank, because like Riv said, if you're in that 8-12 to 12 pick, do you think it can be bad enough to you have a You think draft good enough pick? at first? At f- we'll draft with, good enough at first. But also, Pardon me. Do, you think, do you think you'll just draft good enough with, with the front office you have right now? With, so, with the NBA draft lottery... It's not crazy to think that the Knicks could just sneakily jump are, into that top five. Who are players five. that the Knicks have drafted in the last couple of years? Quinn Grimes was a good pick. Emmanuel Quickly was a good pick. Obi, Obi Toppin, when he plays, he's good. That was a good pick. When he plays, Wait, Deuce I McBride, like even in the second round, I think uh, for what he for. Yeah, but it sounds like it sounds okay like you pick. hit on you guys hit on out of the lottery picks. Okay, so what's gonna happen when we have? A top pick. Well, we don't had, know if you had, had, Obi, had Obi was, was lottery. He was the well, Obi pick. was a lottery pick, and he's Kevin Knox. Kevin was ass. He's Bust. not our your, your our, our regime. He's, yeah, he's, regime not, he's, not, he's not the same. Uh, you the no, first I, player our current regime drafted was Obi Toppin. So that's the only lottery pick you've had, right? Yeah. I, I can't say he's a bust. Like not yet. It's not. But I can't say he's. I don't. I don't know. Like his potential when he plays, he's good. But it's like when is he gonna play? You know? Oh, it all depends on trading Julius Randle. And I think the next step for the Knicks is hopefully dealing Julius Randle. The Knicks have said we're not done this summer. I don't know if that means trading Julius, getting Summer's a Buddy over. Heald, or Miles Turner. They're not done this offseason. That the just summer, makes you, but summer ends the Knicks. You know what I mean? I the Knicks. The summer's over September. Right now, because of how competitive the Eastern Conference is, even if even the Knicks at their absolute best, I think, are falling out the playoffs. Right. Which means we're going to get a lottery pick. And I'm fine with that. I'm absolutely fine with that. Mm. After thinking about it, this is my response, and I think the real losers in the East are teams that went all, went all in off, all off se- last offseason. The Bulls went all in. We know that's not going to pay off long term. At least I am pretty sure of it. Hindsight's twenty twenty. The yeah. Hawks went all in with Dejounte Murray, all in quote unquote, traded three first round picks for Dejounte Murray, and I don't think he puts them over the top, not even close. And the Miami Heat losing PJ Tucker. And we have said it on this table this entire offseason. They get a scorer like Donovan Mitchell, they can win the championship. But now you don't get a player like that. You lose P.J. Tucker. I don't count on these players on Miami to really compete with the teams like Milwaukee, like Boston, like Philly, like This is Vooch's last year. I know he's on an expiring. He gets paid $22 million. Why do you think this is a That's Hawks? A I'm in. so confused with the Hawks because I'm not either I, I understand like trading three first for DeJounte, but regardless the, of this Mitchell trade. What's the Hawks ceiling? Yeah, I know. It's first round exit. 
What was the Hulk the ceiling? Could be like, like a fifth. What was the Hulk ceiling seed? before they traded the picks? It was around the same. So no, it was. It wasn't gonna. The, the, like the picks weren't gonna turn no, into DeJounte. something that's gonna, you know, put them potential wise higher than what they really were. But now they had Cleveland, to make a trade. I think, makes a oh, significant yeah, leap over. But them. with with or without this trade, Atlanta's ceiling is the it's same. The same. So it's, it, it's not like Atlanta. All of a sudden, they got Mitchell. But and now like you now have. They're not a playoff no, team. or yeah, something. there is because now, Cleveland before this trade. You could have said Atlanta's going to be better than Cleveland. You could, but it's just one now team. after Mitch, they got Mitchell. That's crazy. Were, were they a second round team before this Mitchell trade? Hell no. The, who, the, Hawks. the Hawks. They were a first round exit. Yeah, and they, they could still miss are. That now they can miss the playoffs. But they could have missed it before that. I don't think so. They still could have. But now they have it. a it's just, better it's just chance of missing it. It's just one team above them now. It's not like they're dropping. Four Look at the spots. Eastern Conference. The Hawks can be better than the Bulls. The Boston Celtics. The yes. Eastern Conference, take, the Boston yes. Celtics, You're taking the, the Milwaukee Celtics. Bucks, yep. the 76ers, yep. the Brooklyn Nets, yep. the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Miami Heat. Now, the teams that are fighting for that play-in are the Raptors, are the Hawks, are the, the Bulls. Bulls. One of those teams is missing the playoffs. Yeah, okay. But with that, before this trade, it was about the same. Like, you're one spot ahead, but they still have those teams but behind Atlanta, you that are in that conversation but as well. Cleve, one spot makes a huge difference. It and could, Cleveland is now in that spot. Cleveland also was very high in the standings prior to Mobley and Jared Allen both missing time. They need depth at the center spot. That's they, what they need. They need depth, period. Nah. Rubio, Levert, love I mean, of the bench. Do they, I, don't, it, I feel like it's interchangeable. You can play Mobley at the center. You can play Jared Allen at the center. Kevin Love comes off the bench. Like The problem is... I mean, yeah. The problem is those are the only two defenders at the center Absolutely. position. That's what it is. They I need mean, a backup Do you center. need anything better than that? No, of course That's not. But when one goes down, you see they were fucked. No, I mean, but both but went out. But how many have, you know, elite big options? Not many teams. They need a solid. Multiple Dean Wade ain't moving it, man. He, Dean Wade ain't moving the needle at all. But um, Cavs lock? They're a lock for the playoffs. They're a lock for I the playoffs. See it. They're a lock. Uh, they, this team is fun. This team is exciting. Are they more of a lock than the Raptors? Yes. Yep. I'm gonna, I don't, I'm going to say I, no. I I I the don't love the why? Raptors. Raptors. I don't but why? Where are they better than the Cavs defensively? Still all around. Still have a really good defensive. Team offensively, I would lean. I, would I think lean they got. I think now. if I'm being like honest with you, I think the Raptors got lucky with Cleveland and the Bulls getting hurt last season. If I'm being honest, that's why they got in. See, but okay, you could say that last year, but let's go to n- next season where Scotty Barnes is going to play even better basketball. I, I, I'm, I agree. So but then they still don't have a bench. They still don't have a center. Like Otto I like Porter the, comes in. That's not a bad addition. It's, it's not. A, it's, it's not moving not, the needle he much. Looks, absolutely, he looks a lot better. He looked a lo- like he he's old because of the system. Yeah, he looked a it. lot better in the Golden State system. He might like he might not. His role is going to be similar, not similar. Yeah, but like, that's not really. Uh, you don't understand what I'm saying. He's going to no, come off saying. the bench. This goes into the next topic now. The Cavaliers after this trade, they are top five team in the Eastern Conference. I don't think the Raptors stand a chance with the Cavaliers right now. It's not even close. You mentioned defensively. The Cavs last year were a better defensive team than the Raptors. That's a bad matchup, though. And I just want to mention this. Kobe Altman has done a tremendous job. Took over after LeBron basically left Cleveland. He's done good on his draft picks for the most part. He's made smart moves. And now you're able to acquire an all-star player without giving anybody in your young core up. Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, Isaac Okoro, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. Off the bench, you still have four solid options in Kevin Love, Ricky Rubio, Karis LeVert is still there, and Shetty Osman. The Cavaliers are one of those teams that could have been at risk for a regression. They could, 
while everybody thought they could have been better, they could finally make that playoff leap, the East is so tough they could have missed the playoffs. This move solidifies them in the playoffs. And am I taking them over a team like the Miami Heat right now? I am. The Cavaliers were 35-21 and 21 when Jared Allen played. That's a 62.5 win percentage. The only team that was better in the East was the Miami Heat at 64%, which means that if Jared Allen can stay healthy, the Cavaliers last year were, were a top three seed, and they were 9-17 without Jared Allen. Jared Allen, I know people are expecting this Evan Mobley leap, and he's very important to their timeline because he can become a superstar, all-NBA caliber player. But Jared Allen is arguably one of the best defensive centers in basketball. He finishes through contact great. He's one of the best transition players in a league. The Cavaliers have Darius Garland, who I think is not just an all-star. He can be all-NBA. Donovan Mitchell is all-NBA. Evan Mobley has the potential to be all-NBA. And Jared Allen is an all-star, but he's no slouch. He's a high-level all-star. The Cavaliers have a chance now, if they can hit on some later picks, make some good moves, make some good trades, to be one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference in the next year or two. Them in the Nets for you. The Nets right now. Jared Allen, high-level all-star. Chris Middleton, low-end all-star. You can't name two centers better than Jared Allen in the so East. So you're just going based off position. Yes, you can. You, you definitely, definitely can. can. Yeah, you Bam and uh, Embiid. I think Bam is arguable. I think Jared Allen is more impactful than Bam Adebayo. It's a conversation. I would lean Bam. He's definitely more versatile defensively. Yeah. I, I, I would lost lean Bam. I would definitely lean Bam. Jared Allen is a better rim protector. He's a better rebounder. Oh, yeah, rebounder. Yeah. That's it. He can finish through contact better. Bam's offensive I don't know the exact good. stat on that, but I don't think that's true. And he's a better defensive player than Bam Adebayo statistically. That's because Bam takes he on made, tougher He assignments. made players shoot 14% worse than they normally shot. No, it was 12% worse he's than rim, they normally He's shot. a rim protector. That was the best in the NBA. Uh, he's a, he's an elite rim protector. Uh, he can switch out too, though. Not like Bam. Not like Bam, but Bam is 6'9", and Jared Allen is legitimately 7 foot. What's, what are you saying the size for? If you're shorter, you are more agile. I mean, Bam can also protect the rim. But not like Jared Allen. No, but he can do it at an elite level. And he can guard the perimeter at an elite level. Absolutely. And he can handle the ball. So it's like, like ah. Get more options with Bam. Allen over Bam, I, I don't know if it's arguable, but I get what you're saying. He's definitely top three. So he's he's definitely a top three center. In the he's, what, he's Rudy Gobert. He's going to be as good as Rudy Gobert. Jared Ooh. Allen. Multiple time defense. Generational yeah. defender. I think Jared Allen could. Jared Allen's great at defense. He's he amazing at defense. <clears throat> as good as Rudy? No, as good as Rudy. I, I I'm not going to go. He's that not far. as good as Rudy right now, but he can no, be as yeah. good as so Rudy. So it sounds like you're really high on the Cavs. Yeah. I we're, think we're. Uh, talk to me. Like, what's their upside here? Like, we're <laughs> oh, talking we talking UCF. Well, like, this year, they're a young team. I think their upside is the second round. Okay. I think if everything goes right, maybe the conference finals, if they get a favorable matchup. So they, they're. Can they Evan Mobley the leap away? Can they beat the Sixers? That's a decent matchup for them. It's a possibility. So it sounds like they're a Mobley leap away because Mitchell, we know already what he is. Garland, we've already seen what he could be. And Jared Allen, yes, he's going to progress, but he's already been an elite rim protector. So it sounds like Mobley is that last piece for them to take a step to really get in that conversation of fighting for the ECF, going to the chip. And I think that can happen pretty easily. Evan Mobley's that guy. It's not. I don't think it's going to happen this year, though. Evan Mobley? No. What makes you say Taking that? that type of leap? Just because he's... What do you mean by that type I of leap? I disagree. I think... 
Garland and Mobley are ready. They're them. At, at this yeah, like, Gar- Garland, Garland, we know. No one's Gar- questioning. That's what I'm saying. Garland's already shown us. Garden, Mobley like, is unbelievable. Look out sh- for like a 22, 23, and 10 season from Garland with like a really, really good efficiency. I, I think playoff time is a little different because they don't have the experience. Like I don't, I don't think they'll make the Memphis leap because Memphis had a little bit more experience. Than Garland them. averaged 21 like last 19, season. 22 and 9. Yeah, 22 and 9. Was, was, so he goes up in points with Mitchell on his team. I think he, he, he becomes can. more efficient. So, yeah, I think he can go up. Yeah, right now the biggest problem with Garland is his efficiency. But his efficiency is due in part to the lack of spacing Cleveland had. And He'll Donovan Mitchell. Is it a worry? A lot of the playmaking is going up. Is it a worry of yours that it took Con Sexton getting injured for Garland to finally have his moment as the guy to be the primary ball handler to finally assert himself as the best player on their team? I don't know. I think he was I, so good. I think it was more that – he had to, he finally he got the twin towers and he just worked on his game. He didn't like if you look at Garland from year one to now, he didn't have the the repertoire of versatile moves he has inside the paint, outside the paint, the floater, the in between game, the pick and roll. He didn't have that in his game. And on top of that, he couldn't I won't I don't want to say he couldn't shoot, but he just was really fucking inefficient. So I think I just think honestly he just worked on his game. Mm-hmm. So I don't that, that, and I, I was gonna say outside of just his Ability to play basketball. I also think it had to do with Con Sexton's inability to pass the ball as well. Yeah, Donovan can. Mitchell can play make. I, he I, can play definitely at a higher it, level than Sexton. The biggest difference is I think Colin Sexton was on a Cavaliers team that had no direction. They didn't know what direction they were going to go in or how they were going to play. And he benefited off of a young Darius Garland still trying to find his footing in the league and not trying to step on somebody's toes who had been there in Colin Sexton. There has been numerous leaks of teammates being disgruntled with Sexton though this isn't some it's not Sexton wasn't somebody that people liked playing with within Cleveland Darius Garland finally gets that opportunity share he breaks out Donovan Mitchell at his best was when he was paired with the point guard in Mike Conley and Mike Conley was aging out now that you have a true legitimate star point guard who you don't have to worry about aging out and Darius Garland is better than Mike Conley ever was this is oh. going to unlock Donovan Mitchell's game that much more. Are we worried at all? Because we shit on the the Knicks a ton Different. about the size. Is Cleveland's it the defender? Front, is the defenders they got Cleveland's back there? Front court. Okay. When you have that type of front court, you're able to play two guards. Like shout out to Mitch Robinson, but they have Evan Mobley different level and Jared. Of yeah, they have the twin towers. So yeah. and Evan Mobley's long enough. Evan Mobley guards, enough, he can guards. Guards, guards. Yeah, like yeah. He, he's able to get to the paint, get to the three-point line pretty fast. Expecting to start Okoro, too? Probably is. Yeah, Okoro yeah, break they out. have no other option. And Evan Mobley is at the top of the team. can't start LeVar. He's going to take the ball out of Mitchell and uh, Garland's hand. The one thing holding Cleveland back is Evan Mobley's going to be better. There's no doubt, but he's I'll not going to be- make this all-NBA leap. How long is it going to take is what it is. Even all-star leap might be a stretch for Evan Mobley right now because the counting stats might not be there. What's going to cause him to take that be, step? Be more it's fucking aggressive. It's I know, time. but he has. you have Mitchell and Garland on this team now. Like We want Mobley to take that leap, but there's only so many times you get the ball with these two other superstars on your it, team. It's just time, and I think everybody is so hell-bent on trying to get this player to break out now. Evan Mobley's in his second season. It's just time. By the time he's in his fourth, fifth season, we're going to see how great Mobley's going to be. He's he's great right now. He's one of the best defenders in basketball right now. Yeah. But Cleveland doesn't need him to become this high-level or even all-star player. And I think 
usually all stars become that year three, four. Mm-hmm. I think not they're definitely first two years. top five. I think they're better than Miami. Uh, Miami could win that series because of the experience. I do think they're better than Miami. I think they're right under Philly for me as of today. Obviously, shit can change. Obviously. But they're not. I wouldn't put them in a tier one category. I still think the tier one category is the Bucks in Boston. Of course, I think they're the clear favorites. But they're right under Philly for me. I, might I think tier be, one might just be the Celtics and so Milwaukee the, right now. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. You, no, you got Cleveland over the Nets. Oh shit! I always forget them. I always forget them. Um, you can't. I don't think they match up well yeah. with the Nets. I mean, I, cause it was because a great series and uh, excuse me, it was a great, was a great game, game but because Mo- blowout, then it was close. Mo- Mobley isn't aggressive enough for me to dominate a matchup like that. But and Jared Allen, he no, the, the, but that's just going to be outplayed by but Kevin was, Durant and Kyrie. But Darius Garland by himself almost beat them. I think the thing about those games is that it's one game, so the result can be very sporadic. Seven that, game series. The play in game two Kyrie seasons didn't ago. in the first half. That's true. He was insane. The play in game two seasons ago was the Warriors versus the Lakers. The Lakers won by a point. I mean, but do I think that if the Lakers and Golden State played in the series, the Lakers would beat them in like five games? I do. Because they loaded up on Steph late in the game and they neutralized him. So I think that Warriors team would have lost to the Lakers in a full series where you get to game plan in about five games. I think the Nets and the Cavs, if the Nets have time to game plan and they're healthy, they can beat them mm. in six or less. Game planning. Steve I don't think Nash. game plan, but they can beat them. They'll beat them. They could be talent. Yeah. They could out talent them. As of right now, yeah, they don't. You know, they don't got the experience. So right to further your point about you don't need Mobley to break out right now. You have Mitch signed until twenty five, twenty six. Like there's no rush in Mobley needing to it's take a player that option that year. So it's really twenty four. Understand, um, but ultimately this team is going to be together for years. That core of Donovan Mitchell. Darius Garland, Evan Mobley is going to be together for a long time. Throwing Jared Allen into that as well. Sure. I'm assuming Jared Allen's going to come back, especially from what they're building right over there in uh, in Cleveland. Excuse me. This team is definitely at a great incline. The best they've looked by far is post LeBron. That's an obvious statement. This is a quick rebuild, but I do it was I do worry about immediately throwing them into contenders because right now you you alluded to it a little bit earlier. Yes, firmly Milwaukee's like over a them. Championship, contender? correct? Is not Miami, a Miami isn't a championship contender to you. Miami? Yeah. No, I mean they were a game away last season. But do you think like right now? But they've done nothing this offseason. They've done nothing. You think they they're a championship Tucker. contender? It's okay to say they're not. They're like I don't an think they because personally, my two contenders. I only have two. Yeah, it's, it's the, the Celtics and 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 the Bucks. Celtics, that's yeah. it. But this was a great move in the right direction. You get to see what this Cavaliers team is built with. It's not going to be year one. Maybe they'll make some, uh, some noise in the playoffs. Like you mentioned, maybe a second-round team. I agree with that statement. But I think that that's the ceiling for them right now. And that's fine. That's a step in the right direction. You yeah. lost in the play-in last season. You make it to the second round of the, the this upcoming season. Excuse me. That's a huge W if I'm the Cavaliers. Donovan Mitchell and, and Darius Garland is going to be an excellent pairing together. I have no doubt they're going to be amongst the some of the best backcourts in the NBA. But overall, for the Cavaliers, it's going to take some time. I firmly believe. Give it like a year and some change. I agree. I think that's perfect. Like and after I, next year, it should because Mobley is going to get better. I firmly believe that. Well, think about it. You got the Celtics; they're young. But outside of that, it's really what the Nets are kind of old. Uh, the the Bucks, Bucks aren't old, but Drew, honest, the Nets yeah. are. 
We'll see what they do this year, but Kyrie can be gone after this year. Exactly. They're Drew, approaching. Drew and Middleton, they're not. They're getting they're their young. age. They're still they're still young because Giannis is going to be 28 this season. Yeah, but Drew's like 33. That's true. I apologize. Middleton's about 31, yeah. This is Philly's final year. Yeah, I agree This is that. the Nets' final year. Yep. I agree That's with that. That's it. And Milwaukee, this could possibly be Boston, Miami's final year, too. They'll Miami, too. Milwaukee, Boston are only teams that they will be here in the East contending for a year for a couple more years and to talk really quickly about toronto i know we got into that conversation a little bit earlier looking at it yes you're right the cavaliers defense overall was better than toronto's i just look at it from this perspective i firmly believe scotty barnes is going to take another leap scotty barnes could easily be the best player out of all of them excluding donovan mitchell i think that donovan mitchell will just slightly have that edge over him i think that you look at his two-way ability his ability to play defense on any position probably will get outmatched against the center, of course, but even still being this young, being as great as he is defensively and offensively, being able to score at every single level, being able to score in so many different ways. I expect Scotty to be the X factor for Toronto taking that leap again. You have Fred Van Vliet, who's a great defender, solid solid scorer, excuse me. Gary Trent Jr., an excellent 3 and D player. Pascal Siakam, all NBA. I mean, I just think overall there's more offense top to bottom with the Raptors, and I think it's a little bit safer. That's a good matchup. So, so you think that Scotty can be better than Darius Garland after this year? Say it. With your he chest. could be. He could be. Tough. Doesn't Cleveland have more elite <laughs> offense? You have you have Mitchell. Like if you put all of these teams together, you take no, two it's offensive Mitch, players. It's Mitchell Garland, and Garland. Garland and Mitchell are better. Are both better offensive players than Pascal Siakam? There. I like. I, I, I like, agree with I, that. But, but Pascal Siakam's a great playmaker. But he. Garland is an even. I'm not saying player. that you're wrong, but he's a big doing this. Yeah, but he ain't no Garland, fucking big. Man. Garland's I mean, a better. Dude, what are we talking about? He's, he's a, a power wing. forward. He's a wing, bro. Uh, he's a wing. Garland's a better scorer and a playmaker than Siakam. Mitchell's a better scorer and a playmaker than Siakam. I wouldn't say he's argue. I would take Siakam as a playmaker over over Mitchell. Oh wow, it's kind of crazy to say, but I do believe that. You know, I get what you're saying though, because the defense of Toronto could cause trouble for Top Garland to and bottom. Mitchell. Like that's a switchable defense. That's facts. You got, Three to four lengthy wings on the court at all times. So and I didn't even mention OG Ananobi. Yeah, no, no. That defensively, I just think Cleveland has a lot of firepower, and I think. But what's the firepower? Garland and, and Donovan. They're offensive juggernauts. Garland and Don, and and like, excuse single, me, Garland and they Donovan. They can single handedly carry a top ten offense. That's how great they are offensively. And don't forget, Rubio's no slouch when he comes. No, up. not at all. You're Kevin Love right. is a spark off the bench. Like Fair Pascal enough. Siakam, Levert and stretches. Pascal Siakam, as great offensively as he is, he cannot lead a top ten offense with him being the culprit offensively. No, and that's he why I think it's, it should be on Scotty Barnes' shoulders. Based on what you see from Scotty last year offensively, you think he can do that? Oh, I mean, how, I'm how are you in Toronto? Very high. Top five. Top five what? Top seed? five team in top five seed. Why can't they? They were just. They're not better than us, bro. They are. I would actually take them over you guys. They're not better than us, bro. I don't a so healthy you, you, you guys. Them over Cleveland right now? This re- then not I just said that. Yes, the, I the slightly The reason why I kind of struggle with the Scotty thing is because while Scotty won Rookie of the Year, Cade to me was a better player last year. And I don't disagree with that. And Evan Mobley and him were neck and neck. I really don't think Scott, like, especially in year two, I don't think Scott is going to take this big time leap where he's going to be as good as an all-star. Darius Garland. I mean, he could be an all-star next We're season. We're talking about Darius Garland, though. Okay, but why are we talking like Scotty Barnes is this regular, degular-ass dude? He's not. He's regular, a rookie. Regular. Who? Is your two. Scotty Barnes? Now, going into year he two? was a rookie. He was That's what I'm rookie, saying. Like, he, he was fantastic for a rookie. We're talking, but we're talking about Darius Garland. And Darius Garland was what? In year three last season? Yeah. What's yes. the what's the uh, most stacked position in basketball? Point guard. Point guard by far. And Darius Garland is a locked top seven point guard at worst. For sure. 
He's an amazing ball player. He's one of the best players at his position in the game of basketball. I'm not trying to say this to if, if it's coming across like I think Darius Garland's mid. Not okay, to me. okay I'm I'm just glad that that's the case. Just, I'm not I saying he, Garland's mid. No, he's mid. more uh, trying to figure out why you're pumping Scotty. Because so I just much. believe in Scotty's potential. I understand that, and but in year for two, the two way ability early. too. That's something no, that the defense will into, be there in year absolutely. two. Absolutely, like, it will. Like you be have there. no concern with him shooting under thirty percent from three. I, it, it can get better it's than that, of, obviously. He's not a good jump shooter. Project guy. It's projecting. It right can now. get better than thirty. Like, it can get better, but it, year two. Like, am I expecting that? Like year two. If if he showed me that he was mediocre to slightly above average, then maybe. He's just rookie of the year over some really good candidates. It's just for me, it, it's very optimistic to say Scotty can be as good as Garland. With Nick Nurse next, as his co- as with Nick Nurse as his head coach, he's in a perfect situation to develop in a, a way that we, or at least I, see Scotty. Uh, excuse me, the way that I see Scotty excelling in his progression. Yeah, I like Scotty. Like I think he can be very good a couple years down the line. He can be one of the top players. But just going into next season, year two. Well, him to, versus year four team, Garland, I don't think it's close. The team is built perfectly for Scotty Barnes to excel. There's just a lot around him that works. So next year, who would you take, Garland or Scotty? Do you think has a better year? I mean, it's hard to I'm project probably, that Scotty's exactly. Well, I think just attacks. right right now you have to lean Garland. He's the better ball player. But, again, I would not be shocked if Scotty was better. That'd be a big I, leap for him. I don't know him. if I'm that high in Toronto. Be, I got to sleep on that. That'd be a big leap. I'm not going to sleep on that. I am sleeping on that. I would definitely take Cleveland right now. That's fine. I, would, I get it. Yeah. Listen, Donovan Mitchell's a huge addition. Yeah. Huge. No, and, and, Toronto. And you're getting elite playoff score. Lot. That's fine. You got you to gotta look at like Like, you guys healthy is a conversation for me, and I've told you that. No, but. Lonzo healthy, Caruso healthy but, is one of the best defensive backs. That's not going to happen. Exactly my point, which but, is why I don't lean them. I say to that is, you're not saying they're better than us because they're the better team. You're saying they're better than us because we're not healthy. That's number one. But that's the number truth. Number two, if you look at last year, like I said, the Nets got hurt. Cleveland got hurt. The Bulls got hurt. That's why Toronto climbed that high, if we're being realistic. They didn't climb that high because they were better than all these teams. They were just teams. consistently good all season. They were just healthy. But if we're talking about who's a better team right now. Fred Van Vliet missed time down the stretch, though. He, did. he was hurt. He did. He did miss My time. gripe with what you said. He's one of the best players on their team. If you want to be high on Toronto for the coach, I understand it. They have a tremendous Absolutely. culture. Absolutely. Miami's still better than them, too. The reasoning, I, I so. the reasoning you gave uh. is... Toronto top five team because I think Scotty can be better than everybody on Cleveland outside of Donovan Mitchell. And I think it there is a ninety nine percent chance that Scotty is not better than Darius. Scotty has year. to be the best player. Him and Evan Mobley the... are neck and neck. And for him to even take a leap in his second season and be better than Pascal Siakam, I think is a huge ask and won't happen. I think you look at the Raptors right now and they understand that people perceive them the way that you guys see them because Pascal Siakam and I don't mean this rudely I just mean it Pascal Siakam is your best offensive player and with Pascal Siakam being your best offensive player that isn't going to bode well in playoff series and you know I love Pascal I love the Toronto Raptors I think the Raptors understand that Scotty has the potential to be that guy and it can't be Pascal Siakam it can't be on Pascal Siakam's shoulders Scotty Barnes has to be that type of guy. You think Pascal Siakam saying that? Damn, I can't win with me being the number one option. Of course, Scottie he's not saying it. that. That's what you basically just. That's said. That's not what I'm saying. I said the Toronto Raptors organization. The organization. I don't think they're even expecting. And Scottie also, to be there's a lot Pascal of year and two. a lot. What I said was there's fans that believe that Siakam can't do it. He can't. He can't. This, well, here, this is exactly what I'm. That's exactly <laughs> what my point was, which is I I don't firmly disagree at all. I don't disagree at all. 
I think they need another guy, and Scotty's that type so of you, guy that can do it. You projecting Scotty to? Well, Scotty's not a, he's not average. He's not, not regular. regular. He's I not. understand, not but regular not regular. what I'm I'm not disagreeing with what Scotty's projection can be. I am disagreeing with the fact that it's going to be in year two. We should have brought the whiteboard. I mean, we're like, what's wrong with that? Scotty was really good last year, yeah. like damn good. How Drew many players? Scottie how many players legitimately break out in year two and become all star superstar status, or even top twenty we, players we had this, in year we had, two? We had this conversation yesterday. You had Trey Young do it. You had John Morant do it. Trey Young didn't become that in year no, two. Ja was in year three. But Ja was really good last year. Young had regardless. the numbers and was on a losing team. He didn't get that respect until he got into the playoffs and made that playoff run. Regardless of John that, John averaged nineteen was, points per game his rookie his second year. He didn't take that All NBA leap in it until his third year. Trying to think off the top of my head, it's really just been. Zion I guess you could say Ant, Ant Man. Ant Man averaged twenty like points per game. He was an All Star level. He was the number one. He was number one overall pick. And he That's didn't right. make the All Star game. But even oh, still, you look at all these number one picks. Not many level player. get that year two um, leap. Off the top of my head, the only two year leaps. Jason have been, Tatum was great, but not in year two. You're he right. Wasn't all NBA. NBA. I'm not saying he's going to be all NBA. Am I saying all NBA? I'm saying All Star. Jason Tatum an All Star? No, not in year two. I'm trying to think level year two players. It's really just. was there. It's just been it's just been Zion Lamello. and it's just been Luca that have really taken the league by storm. Well, Lamelo was an all star. Wait, are you saying that he's going to be like a superstar? I'm, no, or I'm saying an he's an all star. You said oh. better than Darius Garland. And Darius Garland's an all star. Yeah, but Darius Garland was leading his team to a top. Five and listen, season. I said that I have Garland being better, mm-hmm. but I would not be surprised if Scotty did it. Okay. I've said that multiple times, but I can understand where it sounds like I'm saying Scotty is definitely better. Definitely does sound like that. Fair, but I firm listen. Garland is the better ball player right now. Absolutely, that's not a question. Would I be shocked if Scotty came out of, out of nowhere and, and and overtook Garland? It's not crazy with his skill set, his two way ability. Next okay. year, I'd be in a coma if that happened. That's not gonna happen. Okay, no, Darius Garland is that. too good right <laughs> now. Crazy. No, Garland's just too good right it, now. He really finally good. broke out and really solidified himself. Yes, Watch he's amazing. Words. I'm all I've done is praise Garland. You're acting like it took him seven years to I'm break not, out. I'm not saying that. Nah, just the way you said came it, off, said it, it was like finally. Yeah, yeah, like, how no, old is Garland? It, what is he? Twenty one? He is. Good guess. Damn. I was a little older. It's That's very crazy. young to be already one of the top players in the league. Scotty's eighteen last season. Nineteen last so was season. Was Come back. And he's mid. Yes, he, I know. What? He's mid. And he has no work ethic. You really believe that report? No, nah, wow. I don't. I just wanted to see what you're yeah, going to say. He has more rings than, uh, never mind, I ain't even going to go No, that you're far. right. Scott, that's a great point. Scotty is young, and that's why I think it's going to take him a while to get to that place. They're both super young. Especially wings. Wings develop at a much slower pace he than Garland. And he still excelled last season. He did. He excelled. He did. He was very ahead of the game. I'll give you that. No, he was good. Scotty was very good. Toronto top five is still nuts. I'm going to write that in the whiteboard. All right. Drew said Toronto. You're going to get a Dollar Tree. I got it already. You got it? You mm-hmm. did? Yeah, I got it. I got it out of BJ's. Oh, okay. Right BJ's, BJ's is a good place to get it. It's all right. You know, I'm going to put Drew said Toronto's going to be top five seed. Dude, this whiteboard Again. has to be pretty big because we, we have so much. Two. You got two? I got an NBA one and an NFL one. Tough, tough. Okay. For more, before moving on to the last topic in the, in the show, we just did this emergency pod to talk about the Donovan Mitchell trade. I actually want to make a statement because I've noticed this kind of change in trend and how basketball is going now. Uh, used to be, it, it's still spaced out. The Warriors started that revolution of spacing you out and every team followed that blueprint. It is a copycat league. But we've seen last year Cleveland said we're going to start Mobley and Allen and then even throw in 
a nail in there and start Lori marketing at small forward. That's for that. We're now seeing teams go back to the old model of building teams where you have two twin towers. The Cleveland Cavaliers are doing it. Jared Allen, Evan Mobley. Memphis now they it. traded for Donovan Mitchell. Boston did it. Memphis did it with Steven Adams, Jaron Jackson Jr. Minnesota went all in to get Rudy it's, Gobert and pair up Cat with Gobert. And you're right, Boston, Al Horford, it's Robert the, Williams. It's the, it's the back in the day stretch for Facts. dominant. Did you say Giannis and Brooke Lopez already? In I sense, didn't say Giannis and Brooke Lopez. In a sense, yeah. yeah like that, you, said, you get a stretch big and then you get a guy who's down low. It's the back in the throwback days. I and it. I like that style of basketball better. I, yeah. I feel like teams try to copycat the Warriors and then they, one of one. they're noticing that we can't beat the Warriors if we play like the Warriors. It's stupid. You have to play your own game. And I think Cleveland is doing that. Minnesota's doing that. And what's best about it is that these are two Sorry. young teams in the NBA. Minnesota and Cleveland who have a very bright future. I see you left Memphis out, but I'm going to let you slide. You know, nah, yeah, no, I'm, I, let you, I'm, I'm not let you. high on Memphis. I know you're high on RJ. I'm high on Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Okay. Anthony Edwards. Did you Matt. say Cat and Gobert? I did say Cat. Such a stray. Yeah. Such a stray. Okay. And not I just want to let the, you know if you think so. The Cavs are tier two in the East, right? They are. What are the Timberwolves in the West? Cavs are indeed tier two. What are the Timberwolves in the West? It would be like bottom of tier two for me. Bottom of tier two. You didn't have to make that extinction. I distinction. Did, I excuse me. I have them in order. But you could have just said they're tier two. No, I want him to feel the top of tier two. That I'm saying, oh, uh, Nuggets. Uh, yeah, Dallas. Dallas Nuggets. No, Nuggets is in tier one for you me. Got them one. Ooh. I think you got them with the Clippers and Warriors. Yeah, they're at the bottom. Uh, Dallas is at the top of tier two. Where's the Lakers? Lakers are indeed at the bottom of tier three. You're um, tier you're three. One. They could be in tier four. Yeah, they're really fucking garbage. Um, I would, no, Minnesota probably not dead last. They I can't. Be. I'll fuck around having more Phoenix. I'm gonna be honest with you. That's, I cool might thing. have more Phoenix. Uh, I like them better than Phoenix. They probably right there. Wherever Memphis is, they're right next to them. You know what this means, though, with the Jazz trading Donovan Mitchell. That means that the Kings will indeed be better. Well, I did say you. You, I see what you did there. I did say if <laughs> Donovan stayed on the team, they won't be better. He's gone now. I don't care. Now the Kings have a much easier path. Should have made to that distinction with uh, Auden Tate, bro. If you made the team, but sadly you didn't. Auden Tate, man, crazy. what a tragedy. Tragedy's right. <sighs> He's one of those wasted talent guys that teams just couldn't find a way to utilize him, but he was you think always it was him or there. Was there. It was uh, the teams. I think <sighs> with a guy that talented, it has to be the teams, the rosters that he, was there. I think uh, there's going to be a coach in the Canadian league that gets the best out of him. Honestly, bro, outside of Drake London, like you really you can't name more than like three receivers. Demir the Bird. I say like Demir Bird, Zacchaeus. Uh, Zacchaeus. It really can't You have play. Brian Edwards. Like those are the guys. He RT had to beat good out. Players, man. Oh. Bro, if he talented, he should have won. He should beat out <laughs> yeah. all. Of they're those in the NFL guys. for a reason. I mean, yeah, they're talented. They're, they're good. Auden Tate is, is not in the NFL. He's not good, bro. Sorry. I didn't mean to make it. He was supposed to steal targets from Jamar. He was supposed to be one of the best I've seen. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I got to go back and see what our deal was for that. It's funny that we went back to that video, and you, what you guys accused me of saying, I didn't say. No, it was actually spot The Jamar on. one? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the Auden Tate one. No, it was oh. actually spot I wasn't here for the Jamar one. No, the Auden, I'm talking about the Auden Tate one, yeah. Oh, well, what? no, you said. It was in the same like, thing, the, the Jamar Auden Tate one, same thing. What are you talking about, bro? The Auden Tate one was last preseason, no? No, yeah, I know. The Jamar Chase one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> What? Yes, yes. The no, but the Auden, the Auden Tate. No, no, no. I'm saying the Auden Tate hour deal this year was oh, this off season. Oh. Yes. Didn't you call that bet off? No, actually, no <laughs> chance. No <laughs> chance. I heard you did. Nah, I didn't believe I it. I feel like the, this is basically like him being on IR. 
No, it's not. He got cut. <laughs> Unfortunately, you owe Joe money. You he don't know. No, Maybe they right? cut him because in, in undisclosed injury. With a guy that talented, you really believe he got cut because he can't play? Because he's I, mid. Yeah, I do. I do, sadly. <laughs> Dude. 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 The Utah Jazz traded Donovan Mitchell, and they have now parted ways with Mitchell and Gobert, two players that brought them five straight postseason appearances. A number one seed as well. Now, for me, I think this is this is one of the few times that we all saw the Jazz rebuild coming, and we kind of were chanting for it to to happen because we knew they were stuck with their current roster. Was there a scenario where Donovan Mitchell could have stayed and they could have and Danny Ainge could have built around him? Yes, but I think this was the smartest move. Go into a full rebuild. They have multiple picks in the first rounds of 2023, 2025, 2027, 2029 a boatload of cap space next summer. And Colin Sexton, four years, $72 million, that's 18 mil a year. Now, I think Colin Sexton, for me, he doesn't project as one of the better guards in the league. I think he projects as a high-level six-man potential starter on some teams. So I think at $18 million, it is a it is a good and reasonable contract for him. But the Jazz have a lot of players in their backcourt, and that's not even counting the veterans they have Jared Butler, Colin Sexton, O'Shea Abaji, Malik Beasley, Talon Horton Tucker, Leandro Balmero, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Those are seven players that I'm not even mentioning, Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson. I don't know what the Jazz are going to do. It feels like they're trading, they're going to trade Clarkson and Bogdanovich next. I could see them trading Malik Beasley to open up some of these spots for these guards because Malik Beasley could help out a contending team. But, yeah, this is a full-on rebuild. Do I think it was a mistake for them to turn down the Knicks off for an R.J. Barrett Emmanuel quickly? I do, because I think the Knicks package was better. But ultimately, if the Jazz's goal is to tank in this draft, to get a Victor Wembanyama, to get a Scoot Henderson, then this was absolutely the right move. And it was about time that they tanked and they rebuilt this roster. Any agent did a fine job this offseason. Absolutely. Pretty much, I don't want to say he fleeced, but he did a good job getting great value out of the Rudy Gobert trade. And he, even though he missed out on the Knicks package, I still think he got an okay package from Cleveland. You know, you got Agbaji, you got four unprotected first-round picks, if I'm not mistaken. You got Laurie, who's a fine player. And you got Colin Sexton, who at 18 mil, he is pretty much, that's his value in the league. From Cleveland, they got three and two picks. Three, okay, thank you. So, Solid value. The next one was better, but you still get good value. <clears throat> was Mike, it better because of RJ? Yes. Yes. Okay. And Mitch. Are the Jazz making a mistake by valuing picks over a proven player who's actually going to be good? Who's the proven player? RJ. RJ Barrett. Maybe. Because they ultimately took... They Maybe took, Age wasn't in love with him. They took the deal where it's three unprotected, two pick yeah. swaps, and not just two unprotected, but you have RJ Barrett. Maybe... Any manual quickly. Maybe Utah's front office just didn't see what the Knicks see in RJ. Could Do be you possible. Think the Jazz didn't want that because they would be in a situation where they have to pay both not, of them. Not only that, but they're not drafting high with this with this trade package. They're going to suck. They're yeah. going to be really bad. Yeah, if you get RJ, all these yeah, guys, you could, you could it, be a decent. They, like I guess a they, they want to start fresh. Exactly. Like, where you no, just get no, picks. Yeah. No you don't screens, worry about No attachments. They want to yeah. start fresh, which is cool. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, Jordan Clarkson and Bogdanovich, they're gone. Mike Conley, if they can try to get him out, 
he's gone. But he'll be going by next season anyways. So you try to get all those guys out. You just start fresh. I think this is just a start fresh. Malik Beasley will probably be going too. Jared Vanderbilt, does he get traded? Maybe. Pat Bev, they already got him out of here pretty fast. That was quick. It just has to be as simple as in Danny Ainge, we trust if I'm the Utah Jazz. The Celtics basically did that for them, and you got Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. You had one of the best trades in NBA history happen because of Danny Ainge with the Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett trade with the Brooklyn Nets. If you're the Utah Jazz, you literally have no choice but to put your entire faith into Danny Ainge because there's no real free agents that are coming in in the offseason to come sign with Utah. You have to trust Danny Ainge's ability to to scout, to draft at a high level because he's done it already. And with this move, you trade your two best players, two top 25, two top 30 players in Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Now you have to win the draft from here on out because there's no real players that are going to come in the Austin that are going to come sign to come play in Utah. It's just the unfortunate truth of the yep. matter. I think that this was a, a good move for the Utah Jazz because it did not seem as if the Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell pairing was going to work out. And you did not want Donovan Mitchell disgruntled and his trade value to be lesser than what it was this offseason. This was as high of a, a value of you can get for Donovan Mitchell because he signed until 24-25 because of the player option that he has in 25-26. And he's played excellent basketball. The only issue is that he kind of gets injured from from time to time, especially when you need him most in the playoffs. But when he's in in the playoffs, he's one of the best playoff scorers we've ever seen. He's that great. He's that dominant. But the issue with, with Donovan and Rudy Gobert was that they just could not work because Rudy could not extend to the perimeter. But that's not on Rudy because they had no perimeter defenders to help out Rudy at all. I think that I'm perfectly fine with trusting Danny Ainge and, and wanting to, to build a new team around the Utah Jazz if you're if you're a Utah Jazz fan, your faith is literally all in Danny Ainge. I think this is looking back on it. When I first saw the Knicks package, I was like, "How do you pass up on that?" Because getting RJ being the best player in the deal, you trade Mitchell, but at least you get something to build around and at least tell your fran- fans like we have a direction. Right now, you have a direction, just in a different way that we don't have the guy yet. Right? We don't want RJ to be our guy, but with all these draft picks, we're gonna find someone in the draft to really come in and be a superstar level player and really rebuild this Jazz team. They have the perfect guy to do it. We saw Danny Ainge do it with Boston. Now, are they going to lock into Jason Tatum? You know, I don't know if that's going to happen. Anthony um, Black. Huh? Stop saying his name. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, the the, Celt- the Celtics deal is one. You could look at Ainge's track record and say, wow, that's amazing. But in reality, a trade like that is very unlikely to happen where you trade those two superstars, but then the Nets just completely collapse. Those two superstars, the next season, really just fall apart, even though they made the playoffs, but later down the road. So Danny Ainge has done some great things for Boston. Um, it's going to take some time with Utah, though. This is a, a team that is done really no talent. Uh, they're going to trade the rest of their veterans, but at least you have a ton of picks and a guy who knows what to do with those picks and make good trades. Stop sleeping on Anthony Black, man. I'm saying he's the only guy you say. <laughs> <laughs> there are four teams now actively tanking in the West. Who's the three? I would still throw an OKC yep. into that. The Rockets, I, I would throw into just, that. I, the Utah I think there's Jazz, a difference between tanking blatantly just being bad. That's facts. The Utah Jazz, the OKC Thunder, Rockets. the Houston Rockets, and the Spurs. I yeah, think I think the tanking. Rockets and OKC are just bad. No, I think OKC's been tanking. think so? Yeah, but I do. You think they can win more than they actually win? I think it's possible. Well, players don't tank. No. Some of them really do. Though. Not really. Uh, you're, you're paying for a contract. Uh, yeah. If you're in a bad team, you probably have a one-year deal. Yeah. So. Like the you Orlando know Magic never went out there and said, we're going to lose on purpose. Well, the Spurs don't tank. They're just not good. Yeah, some teams Utah lack Jazz, talent. Yeah. The Utah Jazz in one offseason 
that Danny Ainge has been here, they have more first-round picks this decade than OKC started with tough. in this decade. It's yeah. tough. I mean, you get a shit ton of picks. Age been cooking. OKC started Cooks. the blueprint of, of just hoarding picks, small market teams. Danny Cooks. Utah Jazz, they're doing it now. Danny Cooks. Pays off. And they we, have a new coach in Will Hardy. We talked about last episode that Ooh. OKC just has Will Hardy. so it's much young coach. talent. It's like, the Jazz's coach. Where, I'm saying, like, where is he from? Uh, he's from the G League, I believe. He was an assistant on... No, he was an assistant on the Celtics. Oh, okay, okay, yep. okay. Right. Will nice. Hardy. Yep. Is he nice? Danny Ainge makes sense. He's the NBA's youngest coach. How old is he? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm asking you a lot of questions. <laughs> Dude, Serena's about to lose. 34 years old. Ooh. Damn. Mike Conley, is he older than him? Might be. Wow. <laughs> Fucking nuts. Coaching the guy older than you? It's actually hilarious. Yeah. Danny Cooks. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Pick Aside Podcast, Emergency Podcast. Reacting to the Donovan Mitchell trade. Riv, I'm disappointed. I thought she was going to come more aggressive. I was going to cook, but when all the fucking news came out, it was like I couldn't really. You didn't lose. And you had the facts. Yeah. You, you spoke nothing but them. I couldn't really lose. So it was like, you know, I did all that trolling early and I should have waited until more information came and out. And who knows? So the fans gassed it. It's like Conor McGregor versus Anthony Pettis. What happened? Conor McGregor broke his leg. Ooh. Oh, yeah. no, that's not Anthony, Anthony Pettis. Pettis. That's it wasn't uh, Anthony. It was Pettis. Dustin Poirier. I Dustin believe. Dustin Poirier, right? Yep. Conor broke Dustin. Yep. They was no, no, no. Conor broke his leg. He oh, went for his a ankle. Kick. Of, I think he it was went an for a kick, yeah, and he defended, yeah. and he fucking yeah, made sorry, it. Sorry, sorry, fans. Uh, Woj cooked me. This could end up being a win for the next. Oh, it will be. Because you could get a superstar next year, the year oh, after. We, who we got to stop. I'm just saying. I'm they just They're trying saying. to get SGA. You see the SGA news we know, now. we know if they got Mitchell, they don't make, that would make Bro, that was so fun. You see, now they're waiting for SGA to be like, I don't want to get out. They're going to uh, try to throw it. SGA, you know? I don't know. Yeah. But oh, no, we, we got that's to throw the SGA. Because <laughs> Mitchell <laughs> never really, like, who had been grand the Nets, but didn't really fit. Like, they're not a championship Well, they was running around here like a fucking parade. Like, they was going to Well, it had been the best player they've had in a long time. I mean, we were talking with the Jazz for two months. Yeah, that's nuts. The Knicks were. So this was, and when the Jazz got the offer from Cleveland, they didn't go back to New York to mm. ask if they wanted to match it. Yeah. Ultimately, I, I do think the Jazz didn't trade with the Knicks because Danny Ainge didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. I think that we gave them reasonable trade packages, and he was just being stubborn. Take what you got from Cleveland, whatever, be what it may be. But Donovan Mitchell, in my mind, should have been a Nick. Sorry, man. Mic drop. He should Mike have been drop. on the Knicks. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Pick Aside Podcast and on Twitter at Pick Aside Pod. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time.